So this was quite a week, Catherine Lou. Was it? This is where you get to say my name for me. Was it Ernie Manus? See how that works? Yeah. The other night, we were both here in the station at like midnight. I came in to finish something up, and lo and behold, you're there finishing something you up too. You scared the heck out of me. <laughs> well, I didn't expect anyone to be here. So we tell you this just so you know. We work long and hard for these shows. It may not seem like it when you listen, but we really put our blood, sweat, and our sleepy tears into this show. True story. You were actually going to, I was editing, and you were about to do an interview. Time zones are an amazing thing. <laughs> yes. For over on my other show, uh, Next Question, we have Martha Davis from the Motels, who has been a friend of this show. And uh, she had been traveling, and so she was going to be home, but... Not till a certain point in the evening, and then I came back here after an event, and we got the interview recorded, so it all worked out. And the candy bowl was nice and full. Oh, we were horrible. Yeah, yeah, I was like, thank you for saying us. We were both picking at the candy bowl all while we were working the other night. But anyway, so we're here with a brand new show of Unwrap Your Candies now, and I am over the moon. I can say moon because we saw it the other night when we were both working here. We have Tamira Gray on the show. Some of you are like, oh, Tamira Gray, and some of you are like, oh, who's Tamira? I remember that. American Idol, first season, first major upset of that whole series was when she was voted off and America was upset. They all thought, of course, she was going to the finals, and she didn't do it. But she's had a wonderful career, and she mentioned to me, it's been 17 years since she was on American Idol. Wow. You know, she's lived a whole life. She has children, grown children now. And and also, she still looks exactly the same. Bless her soul. And she's <laughs> turned Broadway star. She is. She's done. She's worked on Broadway in a number of shows. She has been on tour. She is on tour right now in Houston on Once on This Island. And uh, it's it's fun to talk with her. So that's what I get to do today. What do you get to do today? So, what's your Harvey story, Ernie? Do you remember where you were when the hurricane or tropical storm, technically, when I got mm-hmm. to Houston? When it hit a couple of years ago. I lucked out. I had water cable, power, no flooding. And I live right by downtown, uh, two blocks from the bayou, high and dry. We went out there. We looked at the water rising. We had had dinner the night before, walked over to the bayou and saw how the bayou was. It was normal. Went back the next day. I took pictures in the same spot both days and everything was flooded. It was just phenomenal. And how I got spared, I have no idea. But very lucky. Fingers crossed. Where were you? We were hunkered down at home. And luckily, we were not flooded, but we did get this hole in the roof. So, yes, we had a leak. Uh But I have this fond memory, actually, of after the storm had passed, but school was still out. Everybody was recovering, waiting for the water to go down. Uh, My daughter and I baked a cake because there was nothing else to do. So that's like this... It was kind of a healing moment for for us. So I, I try to think about that memory and that sort of sun coming out of the clouds moment. But artist Virginia Lee Montgomery was at her parents' house in the memorial area uh, when Harvey hit. And she turned her experience of Harvey and her memories of going through Harvey into an art installation called Sky Loop at Lawndale Art Center. And it uses video, it uses sound, it uses sculpture and Houston-centric symbols. And I went over to Lawndale, something I I haven't done on this podcast before. I actually 
brought my microphone down to the gallery, <laughs> and we're going to check out her installation together in the gallery with Virginia and hear all about how she's put this together and her own Harvey story. It's interesting. Unintentionally, we have a theme show today because Once on this Island begins with a flood that devastates an island and how they come back from it and the story that's told, but it begins with a flood. And I think it's it's a perfect show for Houston. We've all We can all experience it and understand what they're going through because of what we've been through here. Oh, so we have our little flood show, theme show. But you know what else we have? That candy. bowl of candy that held us the other night while we worked late into the evening. And the reason I'm so excited to tape today, besides Tamira Gray, is I, I want a piece of candy. <laughs> there are still some fireballs left. There for are you. some, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. I love the people out there that when I see them, they, they ask me about our candy bowl. And they're like, is there really a bowl of candy? I'm like, yes, there really is. And Catherine keeps it mostly filled. Anyway, uh, I'm having a lollipop today. Oh. A Jolly Rancher All right. lollipop. Oh, look mm. what I found. What did you find? A candy cane. We've got to clean out this candy dish. <laughs> Why don't we just start the show? Let's start the show. Catherine and Ernie are about to begin the show. Find your seats, silence all chiming devices, locate the nearest exit, and should you wish to partake of any hard candy during the program, please unwrap your candies now. So I'm here at Lawndale Arts Center today with artist Virginia Lee Montgomery, and we are in the midst of her immersive video installation called Skyloop. And we're sitting in the middle of the gallery. Tell us a little bit about where we are and what this installation is, because there's a lot happening in this room. Absolutely. So my name's Virginia Lee Montgomery. I'm an artist from Houston, Texas, and I have a new solo exhibition opening up on Lawndale. So behind me, you can hear all kinds of noises maybe coming through. Some of that's from the video. Some of that is from the art handlers around us preparing the space. What we have up on the walls are four different large video projections. And we are also setting up two sensory tactile sculptures, a big pad of memory foam that people can sit on and a big vintage aluminum canoe that I will fill up with Buffalo Bayou sand. Wow. So all of these elements work together to create this visual and tactile experience called Skyloop, which is inspired by Hurricane Harvey. I mean, what is your Harvey story? Could we start there? I'm a native of the West Houston Memorial area, and so... As some folks may know, Memorial experienced some of the worst flooding within Hurricane Harvey. And my folks live on a small creek that feeds into the Buffalo Bayou. We're about, oh gosh, I want to say 500 yards away from the bayou with this little creek in the backyard. So my Harvey experience with my folks in the house was kind of watching the water rise in shifts in the backyard and just the anxiety of, is it gonna get in our house? Is it not going to get in our house? 
We very fortunately did not have lots of water inside our house, but our neighbor's house was completely flooded. They had three feet of water. They ended up evacuating in the middle of the night, coming over to our place with their dogs. Tell me why you wanted to create this work and sort of the idea behind it. Right. Like for many people, the experience of the hurricane was really emotionally charged. It was just so much sensory information to take in at once. It really took me a while to process it. So my proposal with Skyloop that I submitted to Lawndale was finding a way of looking at Uh, my experience of going through Hurricane Harvey, specifically alongside my mom, but through a very kind of surreal, dreamlike, and symbolic way. So in the videos, we have a lot of palettes of just kind of dreamy blue colors. We also have a lot of textures and materials that relate to notions of healing, notions of rebirth, notions of recovery, because ultimately I wanted to make something that was about the epic the epic experience of Hurricane Harvey, but I wanted to also make something that was about regeneration and healing. Now you mentioned that there's a canoe in this installation, which you're going to fill up with Buffalo Bayou sand. So we're actually going to walk over and, and sit in the canoe. Yes, so you're hearing the sounds of us climbing inside. So... We're currently in my grandmother's 18-foot aluminum Grumman canoe, and yes, it's going to be filled with buffalo bayou sand. I hope people will sit in the canoe and kind of massage the sand, think about massaging the bayou. You're welcome to hang out. And this is a canoe that you and your mom paddled during, during the flood. So right after kind of the first wave of the rains, the first band, past that next morning the neighborhood was completely flooded my mom and I we decided to take it around the neighborhood and just kind of assess damage to see if there's anything helpful we could do and also as a way of just processing how much the landscape had changed so in the sky loop installation there is about a two-minute video clip that was taken from my iPhone where you're watching footage. I'm filming my mom as I'm sitting behind her in the canoe, and she's paddling through our flooded neighborhood. Talk about um, some key images and symbols that you use throughout these videos. For me, experimental filmmaking, video art making, is a very poetic process. I actually think video art building is very similar to how one constructs a poem. You're looking at the rhythms, you're looking at the impression. And so for me as a Houstonian, I thought it was deeply uncanny that we have this epic highway system called the loop. You have a hurricane, which is a big circle. And then you as a witness to a hurricane have the orb of your own eye. And so just thinking about this very strange symbolic overlap of this recursive form. And so that became the architectural blueprint in making the film, which then inspired the images of, you know, my own eye itself, drilling into the pictures to create a whole, and then also wanting to work with beautiful butterflies that were emerging out of cocoons, and I specifically chose a lot of butterfly species that had eye spots on their wings. So again, just 
really paying attention to this, um, some would say it's uncanny, some would say it's intentional or unintentional, but regardless, there's this phenomenon of recurring eyes. And then the video directly in front of you, it takes the title of the installation, Skyloop, also has images of, of sand running through fingers, which is like almost like reminiscent of rain. And um, there's this incredibly emotional moment for me where you have a shot of deer mm-hmm. uh, roaming through a flooded, I would assume, bayou. And, and other images too. Yes, so in making the Skyloop video, it's a collage of different footage. I'd say about 80% of it is footage that I took, but it does feature some archival footage that was sampled from news helicopters like the deer walking through the flooded Houston Plain area, in addition to footage that I pulled uh, from NASA's International Space Station as the astronauts were looking down at Hurricane Harvey. And again, just thinking about how do you process the memory of a storm, how strange it is to think that we Houstonians were down here hearing all the noise of the rain, watching the water, feeling the anxiety, and yet there, way above us in the sky, the astronauts were just looking down at the Earth. And so in creating the Skyloop video, there's a lot of um, movement between perspectives. There's a lot of jump cuts between that which is macro and up close and things that are very far away. And then, as you mentioned, I do have these beautiful shots of hands holding Buffalo Bayou sand. And the hands are actually that of my grandmother, for which I'm named Lee, and my mother, Mary. And so... They are also Houston women, and I was thinking a lot about how storms exist in generations. We always think of hurricanes as singular events, but there will be many more to come. What do you think you've learned um, through making this work? And how has it helped you maybe either process your understanding of Harvey or maybe even your understanding of being a Houstonian? What, What have you learned? You know, Making this work was very healing for me. Each of us has our own Hurricane Harvey story. It was a very personal experience for everyone. And so this exhibition, Skyloop, is really my own personal experience. And I did want to oscillate between elements of the public, which we can all see, which was like the epic eye of the storm, elements that we can all relate to, driving around the loop as Houstonians, the sound of the rainstorms, but also these very personal experiences of, you know, going through the storm and having a quiet moment where I'm just looking at my own hands, feeling anxiety, looking at my mother's hands and just thinking, wow, this is, this is really happening, but at least, you know, we're not going through it alone. And then as a sculptor, I am deeply interested in that which is tactile, that which is physical. We live in such a crazy world today and You just have to touch things sometimes to know that they're real. And so in this exhibition, we have the big pile of memory foam with a huge whirlpool stone. And I want people just to be able to, you know, mentally let these dreamy images wash over them. But if they want to squeeze the memory foam, if they want to climb inside the canoe and immerse their hands in the sand, like that's that's part of the the totality of the experience. And also, um, you know, for me, it both... It replicates what it means to be alive. Virginia Lee Montgomery, thank you so much for letting us into 
your world and for talking about your latest work, Skyloop. Thank you so much. And big thank you to everyone at Lawndale for giving me this opportunity. I am so grateful. Virginia Lee Montgomery is a Houston filmmaker, sculptor, and visual artist. And her Hurricane Harvey-inspired art installation is called Skyloop, and it's on view at Lawndale Art Center through March 29th. Admission to Lawndale is always free, by the way. And just to explain, I recorded that interview in mid-January on the day that they were installing Virginia's exhibition. But again, it is fully up and on view through March and you can find out more about it at LawndaleArtCenter.org. You can find out more about the artist at VirginiaLeeMontgomery.com. Mm, so if you check you know. it out, yeah, really poignant and, and surreal and, and beautiful work. Yeah. Well, moving on to some surreal and beautiful work on stage, some of the images and the stagecraft and the direction of Once on this Island is so impressive. Tony Award-winning musical, and it the revival did fabulous. It was done in the round on Broadway, but here they're putting it in the proscenium theater, so it has to be kind of redirected and recreated and reimagined, and starring in the role of Papa G, traditionally a male role, is Tamira Gray. So they're doing some oh, gender cool. swapping in here. And Tamira Gray is not going to come on and sing with that beautiful, light voice. She's going to talk like Papa G. So it's really deep and guttural. So you may wonder, is that Tamira Gray? It is Tamira Gray. And you don't have to wait to see her on stage right now. She's here with us in studio. Joining me in the studio is Tamira Gray. I'm so excited to be able to say that. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, before we get into Once on this Island and why you're here in Houston, I've got to do, which I'm sure you're tired of hearing people talk about, Little American Idol here. Why would I be tired? Well, I would think you have moved on a lot. How, how many years ago was that? Oh my gosh, I think we're looking at 17? Right, and some people think it was just yesterday. Right. And they talk to you like it just happened. You've lived a life since then. I have, but how amazing is that? I couldn't say that never in a million years would I have thought that my participation in that show would have had that type of an impact, yeah. you know, on people. It's changed my life, of course, you know, but to now I'm getting the opportunity to meet so many different people who are still fans from then, yeah. you know, and who have stuck by me and who are just like, I'm so excited to meet you and I really loved and supported you on American Idol and it's <laughs> such a blessing, you and know. You no idea what it was going to be because you were at the beginning. Nothing. You nothing. Know? And I ended fourth and I didn't win, you know, but I had all of these awesome opportunities that have come since, yeah. you know, and I think it being the first big upset, you know, really yeah, stuck you with got people. Up, people were <laughs> horrified. I remember your house is not a home. I, I think that was the first time I really gave my DVR a workout. It was Aww. kind of a new thing. And we were over and over again. I had to play that. You're, and I, I don't mean to fanboy out on you here, but your, interpreta <laughs> <laughs> your interpretation of it and your delivery of it was genius. And it still goes down as one of the, you can't really find a good version of it online though. It's hard to find. Oh, do you know where one is? I have the, I have the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can find a good version of it. The rest of us can't find a great version. It's like things people recorded on VHS yeah. off TV or up there and stuff. But that it was a beautiful moment. Oh, and thank you so much. I've been a fan of yours ever since then, so I'm so happy to chat with you now. 
So 17 years, what have you been doing? I'm a mom. <laughs> I have a beautiful nine-year-old daughter. I have a 21-year-old son. You have a 21-year-old um, son? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who is now venturing into the music industry. He's a producer um, and a songwriter. And so he's now following the path of my husband. My daughter is getting into musical theater. Wow. She signed herself up for tap and ballet <laughs> because I'm on the road. And she was like, I want to take dance. And she took her first... Um, she did her first musical last year and she did Into the Woods and she devoured it for like yeah. six months. And come April, there's this audition for me for Into the Woods. Never in a million years would I have gone out for it. And I told her and she said, Mommy, you're going to have to go kill the devil. And I was like sold and sold. And I did it just like that. And I booked the job. You got it. <laughs> my daughter good. was my coach. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not something when you're familiar with a role in a show and if you've got your daughter doing it I'm sure a lot of it comes home it gives you a unique perspective it on really it. does and I think that's that's what she's getting also you yeah. know with with the whole idea of musical theater and just theater in general like my whole house is just full of music and creation <laughs> and I love it so career-wise your path that you wanted to be on was it to go into musical theater? Was it recording? Was it kind of, what? What did you want to do with this gift you have? You know, I think in the beginning, I did want musical theater, but I don't come from a musical theater family. So to my family, musical theater wasn't the thing to aspire to do. Uh -huh. It was, you know, be a pop artist, be on TV, be on film. My family is just now only accepting the idea <laughs> that I am doing musical theater. So yeah. this time around, they are like, oh, we should come see you now. You're in a show. So everybody, the whole family, like on all sides are now coming out to support me. But I just didn't grow up in that kind of a family. Family where they appreciated what musical theater is, yeah. you know, and now they get it. And now it's it's moving them and touching them. I met a cousin for the first time last night who's an older gentleman who saw the show and he said it just moved him to tears. He was completely enthralled in the whole production and he said he never would have expected that. Okay, the show we're talking about is Once on this Island. It's here in Houston through March 1st over at the Hobby Center, brought to you by Tuts. I'll say the first thing that I thought was funny about it was you're out on stage, and I hear somebody next to me say, that's Tamira Gray. And I hear somebody else say, no, she's much older now. <laughs> But it was you. You look great. You haven't Thank aged you. a day in the 17 years since we first became aware of you. But you play not what I would have expected from Sweet Tamira Gray. How awesome is that? <laughs> I mean, I get to play Papa Gay, who's normally played by a man. Mm -hmm. um, we did gender swapping in this show. So Kyle Freeman plays Mama Asaka. And when I was given this opportunity, the first thing I wanted was for you not to see me uh -huh. in any form or fashion. None of my mannerisms, not my voice. I Your talk voice. like this. I was I go worried. Into. I heard that voice. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, I hope she's not damaging her voice. Oh, no. 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 In the rehearsal process, when we finally got off book and they said, okay, let's do it. That's what came out. And I'm a big fan of horror movies and I'm a big fan of fantasy and, you know, everything that's about dragons and warlocks and, you know, everything like that. And so it was a great opportunity for me to take the, that passion of mine and just see where it went. Yeah. And that's what came out of my mouth. And it doesn't affect my voice in any form or fashion. Oh I'm still able to belt maybe... 
maybe when it comes time for auditioning for soprano roles, it takes a second for me to get into my soprano register. But other than that, it's really awesome. And I can just flip flop. Ever moments when you're on the stage and once on the sign that you just kind of wish you were in a beautiful ball gown singing a beautiful song that... Just... When I first walk out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen me when I first walk yeah. out on the stage? I'm filthy. My hair is an absolute mess. As a kid, my mom would have never let me go out the house like that. And, and here now I am stage. going on stage in front of thousands of people looking crazy. But it's also very freeing yeah. and liberating. You know, it's like here I am in my rawest, most authentic self you know there's no airs about my character she's had to struggle and life and what you see on stage is a representation of that struggle you know when you walk into the theater we are our island characters we're not the characters that we transform into when the show begins and so my character has had to deal with a lot of things and you can kind of tell from my wardrobe yeah yeah it's it's stagecraft also at a wonderful level that we don't usually see. There is the creation of images within the set you are put in. It's kind of fascinating. It is super fascinating. And when you look at the set, um, you've walked into this island that's been devastated by a storm. So, and I should say, I'm just going to jump in yeah, here yeah. and say, in this production was originally done in the round. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing it in a proscenium theater, proscenium theater, and you have kind of incorporated an audience behavior. It's got to be greatly restaged to work in this environment. Yes. Too. Yes. We, we were, I'm, I'm so grateful that Dane Lafferty was actually able to make, who's our, our set designer, by the way, who's actually able to make the onstage seating. And yes, some of the seats are obstructed, but you're actually, when you come onto the stage with us, we welcome you as tourists, yeah. you know, we're <laughs> welcome, your island. You're welcome to our Island. You know, you're now a part of it with us. And, and I think it helps to bring, the world, you know, make the world more realistic, not just to those who are sitting on stage, but to those who are watching, you know, because when you walk into any island, you're not just the only person there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny too, because I see all of them sitting on the stage when I first come in, and I think to myself, that's going to be distracting. And as soon as the show starts, they fade away. All of a sudden, you guys bring us into the story. It takes a moment for my ear to pick up on all of it and what's being said and how... But then all of a sudden I'm there, yeah. which, and by the end of the show, not to give anything away, it just takes a change and you're so focused on what's happening yes. and you could hear a pin drop in that yes. hall. It is, it's an amazing journey you take us on. It really is a journey and it's, it's a journey through not just self-discovery and, and love that, you know, we follow T-Moon on, but it's a journey through history. It's a journey of, you know, in our show we deal with colorism, you know, the, the wealthy grand and the peasants have a disparity between each other mm-hmm. because they're excuse me, of course, they believe that they are better than the peasants. And so Timoon believes that she's there to bring the two sides together, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end, we're able to see whether she accomplishes that or not. You know, You are so good. You got into telling the plot without me having to ask and made it just a natural answer in your answer. You know what you're doing. That was well done. Thank you. That means a lot. And and put in a way that doesn't give anything away, but it is. It's a I heard somebody in the lobby saying, It's the little mermaid. It's the story of the little mermaid. And I thought, interesting interpretation. It's a take on the little mermaid. Uh, the book is from the book uh, My Love, My Love by Rosa Gee, who's a Trinidadian author. And and it was taken from Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. And if you really go into it, my character would be Ursula. Ursula. Yes. Um, but when I say 
okay, first off, Hans Christian Andersen's book is not the fairy tale that we all see on TV. Right. So this is <laughs> definitely even a take off of that, right. which my character is absolutely menacing in her book. And what they what they put Timun through in that book is heartbreaking. Uh. It's really heartbreaking. So and you can read it in like two hours. It's a small book, but oh my goodness, it is a take on the Little Mermaid. To the nth degree in the opposite direction. I would say it carries some of the themes through Little Mermaid. Yes. That's where I see Little Mermaid. Yes. In it. And yes. there's a girl. Yes. And there's a girl. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it's Little Mermaid. Well, I look forward to seeing whatever you do next. We have enjoyed you for years. And I'm so happy you're here in Houston. Me too. Once on this island is here through March 1st at the Hobby Center. You can contact Tuts for all the information you need to find out how to come and see Tamara Gray in the show. Tamara, come back to Houston sometime soon. I would love to. Thank you. Thank you. A chair is still a chair Even when there's no one sitting there But a chair is not a house And a house is not a home With the two of us A far apart and one of us Has a broken once on this island with Tamira Gray is happening at the Hobby Center right here in Houston through March 1st. To find out more information, you can go to tuts, T-U-T-S, tuts.com. And there you have it. Sounds fun. It, it is fun. And I was just so excited to talk to Tamira. I, I kind of fanboyed out and I kind of should apologize for that, but it's so cool, you know? So she's been in our, our collective conscience for 17 years. I think I heard you greet her in the hallway the other day when she was up here for an interview, <laughs> and I could feel the love. You know, so. we're lucky. The jobs we get to do because we get to meet with people we want to meet with, and we get to pick the people we really love. So when you hear them on our show, more than likely, Catherine or I really do enjoy them. And so it's fun to have this opportunity. But you know what? It's even more fun to have the opportunity to share it with you every week right here on Unwrap Your Candies Now. You listen on radio. You can also find us as a podcast wherever podcasts are available. If you listen on the podcast, but you're in the Houston area, listen to us on the radio, News 88.7. So on behalf of everyone out there, I'm Ernie Manoos. And I'm Catherine Liu. Thanks for listening. <laughs>